Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This episode comes with a content warning and brushes up against topics that could be triggering for our audience. You'll find specific details in the show notes. Please take care when listening. Welcome to another episode of WA Expose, a podcast about local arts by local artists. As always, I'm your host, Aria Scarlett, with the immense privilege of recording this podcast on Wajak Nungabudja. Perth's premiere, a sexual comedian, and today's guest started in stand-up presenting You're Welcome, a life advice show that encouraged audience members to take notes for a quiz at the end at the Perth International Comedy Festival. She then branched out into wigs, props and audience participation to make good use of her film degree with the breakout hit, the Hilary Duff Film Reenactment Festival, which has won awards and delighted millennials all around the country. <laughs> in 2020, she produced Drag and Drag, Good Art, Bad Men, a variety show dealing with separating art from the artist. Her cerebral and warm-hearted style is on display in her asexuality-focused stand-up show, Single Entendre, which played to acclaim in Perth and Adelaide and will be debuting in Edinburgh Fringe this year. It's very exciting. She also appears with her sisters as part of the cabaret troupe Kiara with a K and can often be found pointing a camera at burlesque performers, but only, she would like to clarify, at their request. And with all of those credits, I'm sure it's incredibly obvious who I am speaking to today. It is, of course, the incredibly funny and putting up with me across the table right now, Nicola Mercury, how are you? Hi, I'm great. You did so well sitting through two, oh my God, two minutes of me (laughs) just stuffing that up. (laughs) Great. I write weird sentence syntax. That was not Um, you. It's true. When I was writing, I was like, she's going to have to do a couple of rehearsals on this. I did. I did, which is really, what's really bad is I practiced this morning. Yeah. Like I'm sitting sorry. down being like, Perth's premiere, sexual, Perth's premiere. Is that? No. I did notice there was actually a pause after Perth's premiere, which made it sound for a second that you had Mark McGowan on. Oh. Which is I very exciting for I everybody. Think Mark doesn't like me. <laughs> That's a fact that's on record. Oh my god, B. It's real. It doesn't like me. Oh no. Um, but that's a different show. Um, okay. This show is about you. How exciting and wonderful you are. So I'm supposed to ask one question, but I'm a hack and a fraud. Why comedy? Um, I'm really funny. Great. Anyway, so if you like this podcast, you can <laughs> you can rate and review or whatever app you're listening to right now. Or send us a question to you. <laughs> Great. Can you expand on that? <laughs> You're like, no. like a natural no. fit. Um, no, it's true though. Um, in that, I think comedy is something that you come at from one or two one of two angles. Mm-hmm. Um, in my observation, either you're just a fan of the art of stand up yep. and you like try and learn how to do that, or you're a person who compulsively makes jokes and you feel that um, somebody has to hear them. <laughs> and that's I'm the second one. Oh. <laughs> so basically you just had so many wonderful people in your life who were just like, you have to s- just shut up. You can no longer yeah. tell me these things. You must go find someone else to talk to. Yeah. And you're like, the people, the people will hear me. Exactly. Great. <laughs> so was that like, were you telling scripted jokes early on then or were you just like being a silly goof-em-ups early on? Um, silly goof-em-up isn't really my brand. Yeah. Um, although I have done, I've certainly dabbled in silly goof-em-ups <laughs> for sure. Most of us begin as silly goof-em-ups and then learn to write things down on paper. No, well, I've always, um, I somebody once told me, uh, who's now a, a best-selling novelist, told me that I have the sense of humour of um, an, a, a, a rich British man in the Victorian era. Um, <laughs> okay. I was like, that's the nicest thing anyone's ever said to me. so nice. Um, <laughs> so the word cerebral that I use in my, mm. um, in my bio there um, is, uh, yeah, so I've always been like, like kind of a quieter kind of the, the wit of it all rather than the goof of it all. Mm. Um, and, yeah, like Great asides banter. in conversation um, is kind of the vibe. And just in my head making connections to things and going, huh. 
that's silly. And then I'll write that down. Um, but yeah, like at some point in my life, I realized that not every child keeps a notebook of joke ideas in their bedside table. I love that you were keeping a notebook of joke ideas. For how long yeah. are you keeping that? Um, probably since I first watched the Melbourne Comedy Festival gala. Which was when? <laughs> Age, um, let's like fully date everything. 2003. Brilliant. The gala is, is that is an important piece of cultural history Why? in the Macri household. <laughs> um, we taped it on VHS and uh, wore that tape out. There's something, the lineup is exquisite. Um, we probably watched them before that as well, which is why we thought to record the one in 2003. Um, mm-hmm. but around that time, so I would have been, yeah, 12. Yeah. Um, and yeah, just over and over again, um, all the different styles that people were bringing, um, it was really fascinating to me. Um, and yeah, that, so that's how I kind of like knew that stand up was a thing, I think <laughs> from that. Yeah. Um, and therefore potentially an option down the road but it wasn't I wasn't ever like um that's what I'm gonna do yeah I just like I this is something that I I can kind of just like participate in by myself (laughs) 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 within my like in my like imaginary life um but I was very much um like on the path of doing um like a real job um Oh no! Yeah, that's what, well, that's what I thought. That that's what I thought that I was going to be doing. I feel like I've really gone down a strange tangent. I like it. Is that cool? <laughs> but if you hate it, we'll just scrap it and start again. <laughs> and we can go back to you just saying you're really right. good at comedy, and I'm then funny. we'll stop the show. Yeah. <laughs> when okay, so maybe yeah. a better way to attack this would be like, how did we go from? being like I'm going to pursue this in my imaginary life mm. in my head to being like okay well what does that look like in reality like when did you make the jump between the two okay so this is going to be I think the third uh shout out to the UWO Pantomime Society on oh this my podcast. god <laughs> <laughs> oh no and I feel Maybe like I've only had more? two people who are actually in it in the room no three I have had three now haven't yeah. I yeah um yeah. Well, I'm stopping that now. Anybody that's going to be my next. <laughs> this, is the, this is the cap that's on, it. on that's next too many. You're, you're a self, Veruca and Aves. That's going to yeah. be plenty. Thank you so much. Um, so Veruca and I were actually both each responsible for each other's involvement um, mm-hmm. because Veruca famously did not go to UWA. Um, <laughs> yes. But she had friends. Um, no, that's false. <laughs> <laughs> not true. <laughs> Incorrect. Fact check on that I one, please. I don't mean to like um, stop you right there, but <laughs> I don't think that's real. They have lots of friends. Um, friends who had friends in Panto. Mm-hmm. And so at the start of um, their actual uni career uh, at a different university, would go and see the shows and mm. then come home raving about how funny it was um, and how like um, – spontaneous like there's like an improv aspect to it and the the fresh like um pop culture reference Mm. humor that was in it and stuff and it sounded like an absolute dream um so when I was you know dutifully going down the the correct the real career path what what were you studying is that okay to ask is that no yeah (laughs) another really funny (laughs) that's very interesting a place where you would still have to like perform to a sense like exactly interesting yeah um what I really liked about law, um, what kind of made me think this is something that I can definitely see myself doing. Mm-hmm. Um, we did mock trials in high school, and I went. I went to a public school, but yeah. we were like the public school that would go to all of the things that the private schools went to, mm. and like in our little like jeans and polo shirts yeah. would kind of show up. While the people um, in pinafores looked at you real weird. Yeah. yeah. And so we were such underdogs all the time. Nobody expected, like, I went to Dunkraig Senior High School. Um, <laughs> nobody expected us to, like, do well. But mm. we would, we won all the time. Like, <laughs> we did really well. And um, those mock trials are theatre. They are theatre. So I would be, you know, standing there as, like, the lead barrister of my team mm. and, um, performing like yet yeah, delivering the prepared statements and then also like thinking on your feet to like respond quickly to what the other team is doing and it was it was performance it was mm. the exact same skills that I then used in panto and then yep. I was like wait and in panto you get a laugh and nobody's lives are on the line 
Nobody's going to jail. <laughs> this is way better. And also, you know, everybody around you isn't privileged at home. Oh, has that happened in law? <laughs> oh, UWA law? UWA law? Privilege? Who would know? Another one of my friends who is now also a novelist, um, Kira McPherson, mm. wrote the novel Higher Education that yes. came out this year. And it is um, very much about the experience of a public school person, um, like a public, public high school yeah. person coming into what is essentially UWA law um, and dealing with that kind of class divide. Mm. I was like, wow, this is really relatable to me because <laughs> I experienced this alongside you. <laughs> We're standing next to you. Oh, I was there and I was there. Yeah, I was you, there. Yeah. I've been written out of this scene. What the hell? <laughs> right. I'm like, where's the bit where you join the Bantuan Society and drop out? Mm, that's what we all did. That's not that. But yeah, that's what we all did, basically. Um, I, made, I made three friends on the bus to law school orientation mm-hmm. um, and eventually – Three of the four of us joined Panto and eventually one of us got a law degree. Great. And there is nobody in the middle of that Venn diagram. <laughs> so the Panto to dropout <laughs> pipeline is real. It really is. Um, Highly yeah. recommend. <laughs> but, yeah, so you go to Handpoint Society. Um, I immediately signed up on the orientation, like, week kind of situation, I like marched straight to things like mm. this is the thing that my sister said was cool. Um, this is going to be like, because I never did theatre in high school. Ah. Um, I was a very academically oriented kid. Yeah. Um, with a joke notebook. With a joke notebook. A joke notebook and um, one time in English Lit we had to do like monologues from mm-hmm. um, uh, Shakespeare and my uh, lovely teacher said, have you considered being a thespian? And then I just really liked the word thespian. Mm. Um, <laughs> but the thing, like I would pick up these crumbs of like um, the possibility mm. of, of being in the arts um, and I would just kind of, I would squirrel them away. Like I wouldn't take them and like build my path with them. I'd just be like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I could do it. Um, he then gets to go into your imaginary life box and be exactly. like, yes, okay, yeah. supported facts. Yeah. Like introductory lecture um, for law school, they were like, here's a list of people who have law degrees that you might not know. And there were like comedians on that mm. list. They were like Sean McAuliffe, yeah. John Cleese, who at the time was a, <laughs> a hero figure. Things have changed since 2009. Um, and I, I like wrote those in my in my notes. I was like, oh. And my little section yep. that, that like, hey, even if I do this, mm. this imaginary life isn't off the table. Yeah. Um, but didn't make the <laughs> didn't make the connection. Didn't make the actual jump of like, hey, this is actually what you want. Considering do. how quickly you got off that bus and like ran to the panto <laughs> yeah. table, straight there. It's like, like no, up. I'm still keeping these lives separate. <clears throat> Don't worry, guys. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be a lawyer who um, who has there's, a joke notebook. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of them out there. I'm sure there are, just and there to are like some, keep themselves sane. There's occasion, there are some comedians with, with lawyer notebooks as well. Um, occasionally. They have to, <laughs> considering how many are being cancelled every other week. That's true. Yeah. Notes for their lawyer. It's kind of different. It's, but. Kind, it's, it's kind of a good idea. <laughs> um, but yeah, occasionally the transition works uh, yeah. in the other direction. <laughs> and you're like, oh, well, now you're in law school, but you quit doing the arts. Good on you. Um, it wasn't until like three years into my degree. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so far into your degree. <laughs> yeah, um, that I I had a moment uh, in the the law library um, when I was just like, it was a moment I was like absolutely exhausted because like there was assignments on, but also it was like tech week for the show that we were doing mm. in Panto. Um, so your imaginary life and your reality were really pulling. Yeah, out. and I was just like so exhausted that I was out of my body, you know, mm. um, and like my. My brain was all of a sudden was just like screaming at me. Like, I don't want to be a lawyer. I don't want to do this. Get off this ride. Get oh off this train. You have to get off. That would have been really scary, especially yeah. when you're like, you know, three quarters of the way through the ride. <laughs> yeah. And I, um, up until that point, like not really made any decisive decision, decisions mm. for myself. Um, I just, you know, gone, gone along on the path that mm. um I thought I should be on. That's is a very common yes, uh, yeah, totally, yeah. <laughs> story. It's like I did law because I could. Because mm. um, what are you going to get a high TR and then do arts? Yeah, totally. <laughs> then what did you do high school for? Yeah, <laughs> I ask myself that question <laughs> all the time. <laughs> yeah, um, and then I had been kind of toying with the idea of um, doing the raw comedy um, competition. Ah. Um, also, somebody, a random acquaintance, this is another one of those crumbs, a random acquaintance uh, in first year uni, I went on a um, 
girls trip with 15 people, two of whom I vaguely knew. I was really low on the list of invitees. Uh. Um, <laughs> this is the first year uni, so there's people like just meeting each other and be like, oh, I've heard of her. Let's invite her on the Facebook <laughs> event. And I was like, I'm in. <laughs> Which is kind of For crazy. For a whole weekend? Yeah, but it, was, it was like five days like at a oh, house no. in um, Dunsborough. Okay. But it was great. Um, like and somebody on that trip, um, we went to the Margaret River bookshop mm-hmm. there and she just kind of quietly just handed me this book that she had just found, which was like, how to be a stand-up comedian. Okay. And I was like, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to buy this book. <laughs> <laughs> My imaginary life can read it in its spare time. <laughs> yeah. And then I went, like, went back to, the, to the, um, the house, the accommodation that night and like wrote um, a, f- a few more jokes. In, in, I started my, 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 my joke notes app um, as opposed to the jokes mm-hmm. notebook, yep. um, which, is, which is a different thing. <laughs> Um, and I wrote a joke that I ended up telling um, in my raw comedy um, uh, set. So that's how two, I decided to kind of years, get into it. What's the time difference? So like years later you're telling that joke? Um, yeah. Yeah. Wow. So it sat in like on the notes app or in the book mm. for literally two plus years before it was, it was actually joke. presented. Yeah. And I want to know what the joke was. The joke um, hinged <laughs> on the um, this, the – Confusion in the Italian language. Mm-hmm. Um, I was also doing Italian. Was my um, was my other degree. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so in Italian, uh, you say um, "Happy New Year" by saying uh, "Buon Anno," mm-hmm. but it's very important that you do the the double N of "Anno." You have to like bounce on it a little mm-hmm. bit because "Buon Anno" means nice butthole. <laughs> <laughs> And that's the joke, and that's like, and, and that's really real comedy. Yeah, you know, you're at a you're at a party, and you're, great. you're trying to compliment somebody on their on their nice fresh bleaching, and <laughs> and they're like, Happy New it's Year. August. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> I actually reworded the joke there for you. It's August wasn't the punchline before. I forgot what it was because <laughs> it was like I ten like years it. ago. Yeah. Well, that's like you know what I'll, I'll give you that one. That's okay. You're allowed to forget exactly how that went, but what you're not allowed to forget because mm. um, <laughs> when you're so you're looking and we're fast forwarding. So you're mm. in third year. Yeah. You've like been. You've had this moment where some part of you has literally yelled at you and told you that you're mm-hmm. not allowed to be a lawyer anymore. Yes. And that would have been really scary. But you're also toying with the idea of actually doing raw comedy. So is that the first time you step out, or do you drop out first? Like, what's the Ooh. timeline there? I don't remember. Oh, no. Um, I said you weren't allowed to not remember. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I don't think I finished out the semester. I think I I just stopped going to classes, um, which is why I have such a fantastic hex debt. Um, (laughs) Yeah, don't just, like, dilly-dally with law school. uh, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's expensive. (laughs) It's expensive. Um. I think by after that semester, I I dropped to like just the arts degree and decided mm. to take up linguistics instead. So do a double linguistics and Italian yep. major, and do a double linguistics and Italian major, um, and then I eventually dropped out of that as well with like <laughs> six credits to go. Lovely, um, and that was my mental health journey. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, it was it was. I th- I'm pretty sure that the timeline from that decision to like when the raw comedy um, competition was mm. was actually quite short. Ah, um, okay. Yeah, and the thing is, I had I had a notes app full, <laughs> full of stuff. jokes. So what, what <laughs> was the what was the way of piecing all that together then? Because you didn't have, by the sounds of it, although you had all these fantastic people in Panto, they're not classical like stand up comedians. So no. how do you piece together all of the bits and the, all of the stuff, the crap, all of the things everywhere? Right. To come out of that and be like, well, what I want to do instead is do stand-up comedy. Yeah. yeah. Just, like, and also just to like thing. piece together any sort of routine for raw comedy. It's just like a lot of like bits and pieces from the last like 10 odd years sitting mm. in front of you. How do you actually create a routine out of that? Um, good question. Thank you. <laughs> I think I probably started with like like what's, what's my best joke and then like what's going to um, go with it basically. I, I came straight out of the gate um, railing against the Catholic Church. That was great. <laughs> and you know what? Probably really good timing in terms of everything that yeah. <laughs> happened around that point too. Um, yeah, I was raised Catholic um, but not like Catholic school but we did like after school classes ah. um, to get all our sacraments. Um, and 
so my this was my opening joke of my raw comedy set. Um, so I work in a news agent. Still true. Um, <laughs> so I work in the news agent. Um, we sell a lot of lotto tickets. Um, so what that means is that my job is that I sell false hope to the elderly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's one of the ways in which what's one of the things I have in common with the Catholic Church. Aha. My the other thing is my um, massive collection of artwork of very ugly babies, <laughs> <laughs> something like that, <laughs> but more smooth. And then I did a whole bit about like um, communion. It was all very relatable stuff, um, at least to my family members who are all Catholic who were yeah, like, "We'll come." Audience, yeah. uh, <laughs> I was like, "Oh, hey guys." <laughs> Thanks for coming. It's great because I'm pretty – they still use the applause meter, right? So all you need is, like, your family to be really loud. Yeah. yeah well, um, and then I think I, I did the Bonanno joke in there. The, uh, Italian thing. There was also a MasterChef joke. Right. Um, topical. Uh, still <laughs> still topical. Um, <laughs> but I did, I, did not, I did not win uh, Royal Comedy. Oh, so, no. unfortunately, I did not – that was not my narrative. Um, I got into the, the wild card semifinal. Mm-hmm. Um, and did that, and like I got, I was, I was first cab off the rank, um, and hard spot, yeah. And I got, I got like good responses and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then the thing was that like all the people that did get through, I was like, I didn't find them funny. <laughs> <laughs> so now Which, we name all of them. <laughs> well, who are they? Because I don't think they have a kind of <laughs> Are they on WA Expose today? No, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Episode 60s, um, <laughs> the only one that matters. <laughs> so I had done like two open mics yep. in the lead up to um, Raw. So I was very raw. Um, but my, so my experience with like the, the stand-up scene was very mm. limited. Um, but what I kind of got from that experience was like, oh, I don't really belong in this scene. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. Right. Um, like my style of comedy and my like the way I like to interact with people mm. Um doesn't really fit. I don't feel very comfortable here. Really? Yeah. Oh, see that. Uh, the, okay, I'm not without. I'm not complimenting you, but like also when I started listening to your comedy, the thing that immediately popped into my head was like the likage to like the linguistic jokes that you do, which to me is very Eddie Izzard because like that's something that Eddie does all the time is like traverses languages and words and stuff to often give you like different takes on things. And so I immediately was attracted to the work that you do. So. Thank you. That wasn't a compliment. I'm not complimenting you. Um, I don't <laughs> um, make you feel uncomfortable. That's not a compliment. No, please um, continue complimenting me. I'm not that kind of continue person. comparing you to Eddie Izzard, um, who yes. is a legend. Eddie Izzard so. is a legend. Um, and there was somebody whose show I um, I I went to uh, the year. I think it was the year, the year that I decided to do comedy. Um, I had been to an Eddie Izzard show. Um, love them mm. very much. And Eddie Izzard also wouldn't fit in in the Perth comedy scene. Ah, um, okay, yes, true. <laughs> Right, so we're back. We are. So you're, you're like, <laughs> that's true. That's very true. So where? What's your next step? If like you've had like success in the world of panto, because obviously you are incredibly funny, and you've written, I believe, Correct. from what well, other people have said in the panto society, you were writing there as well. Yes. Yeah. Um, the fabulous thing about panto is that there is a there is like no barrier to entry, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> and I honestly probably wouldn't have. Um, joined if there was like a, a strict audition process or yep. anything. It's literally anybody who auditions and is a UWA student gets a part. Um, and the people who aren't UWA students may audition and may or may not get a part. Right. Um, which means, unfortunately, that Veruca was there on talent alone. <laughs> um, and I was, you know, they, they, had to, they had to have me because the constitution said... <laughs> No, that's <laughs> But Varuk actually did, yeah, joined when I was in Italy um, on my exchange, um, which was fun. Uh, what was I saying? Yes. So so there's no barrier to entry um, and they just assume that everybody who wants to do the different aspects of producing a show can. Ah, uh, okay. Um, so like who wants to be a writing team? You, great, write a scene. Mm. Um, and then you write a scene. And just the, I think the, the licence um, that – that gives you um, mm. to be like, well, you, you can do this, so go ahead and do it. Uh, and then, like, the head writers will edit and make sure that all the scenes make sense together and, like, the characterization is vaguely, like, um, consistent. <laughs> um, but that was so much fun mm. um, to, to write. I was in a couple of shows before I started writing, um, but then it became um, very important to me and very fun. And, yeah. like, 
I the joy of of the writing of it um, is uh, perhaps greater than the performance of it. Ah, do you still find that with your stand up? Yes. Interesting. Okay. Um, but unfortunately, the way I write, as you have learned this morning, um, it's difficult for other people to deliver. <laughs> I did learn that this morning. I did learn that this morning as I practiced so my lines. Yep. I'm the guy uh, who has to, who is who's most qualified to. Yes, <laughs> to yeah. Say my jokes. You are the guy. Um, Although actually, the funniest thing to me in the world is when I've said something funny, and then one of my sisters repeats it in a silly voice. That's the funniest thing in the world to me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, next in line to inherit the throne. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they they could they could probably get up and do my act um, uh, if I asked them to. I could have to, we, like, we should try that. Yeah. Yeah. I'll strip. Um, yes. Great. <laughs> Veruca will sing mm-hmm. and Kiara can, can do my gags. Yeah. I'll film it. <laughs> yeah. For me. <laughs> Just for me in my own world. That would be grand. What was the question that I'm answering? Um, I don't know. No, I do know. Uh, <laughs> so how did you go about like finding or more importantly creating a, a spot for yourself in the Perth comedy scene? Mm. So I kind of just kept doing it mm-hmm. um, and f- kind of uh, latching onto the people that I did um, like have a connection to mm-hmm. in the scene, um, which I was very lucky. Um, Anna Piper Scott yes. was around um, at my first show. Wow. Came up to me immediately and um, offered me a spot on a show that um, she was producing um, that I eventually bailed on because of my mental health. Um, <laughs> But was very supportive mm. of me and, um, like, the bookers would be very supportive of me, um, which was really nice. But I, like, I've got social anxiety out the roof. Um, and I think another part of what I said before about, like, people who love comedy and people who um, compulsively do comedy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the same people, yeah. Yeah, so the people in the first camp are usually also people who love the lifestyle of comedy uh, and yes. like the um, the hanging out in the bar and getting your free drink ticket for doing yeah. your, for doing your yeah. gig and um, <laughs> like the green room banter and yeah. stuff. And see, green room banter in Panto is fabulous because mm. it's a different kind of person. Yes. <laughs> and people that I feel more comfortable with. This, I'm, I'm like absolutely slagging off um, the person. No. <laughs> but no, it's I mean not like, it. yes. It's just, I just don't no. fit in. I just don't fit into the But you're also slagging the them off in 2011, which That's I feel true. like is allowed. Yeah. It's they a, it's a weird time. don't exist anymore. No, they do. Um, Colin Ebsworth was around at the time and was also nice to me, um, <laughs> which, is, which is nice. Um it's not like anyone was mean to me, um, but I was i was just not I – th- I thought it was quite cool, mm. um, like, when I started – because, you know, it was this exciting, like, Brave New World that I was taking myself down the path that I hadn't, like – Yeah. I, you'd done I quiet quitting to decide. law school exactly. and they hadn't even noticed <laughs> exactly. that you'd done it. <laughs> um, it was, like, you know, active path that I was taking myself on, um, which is so exciting. Um, but I didn't – it wasn't like a natural environment mm. for me to be in, but um, I kept writing jokes. That's the thing. Yeah, the, issue, <laughs> um, the problem even, here. Even now, when I um, talk about like going to festivals and stuff, and people are like, "Wow, that's so much work," and it's like the thing is, like if I if I quit mm. today, I'd still be writing jokes. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you'd have to put them somewhere. Yeah, yeah. like the notes app is getting full. Mm. Um, some people have full of photos of their cats and other people have, have their notes out full. Yeah, that's true. And then jokes about my cat mm. as well. Oh, tons of them. <laughs> a cat that no one in your audience has ever met. And you're like, here, no, it is. here they are. This is my cat content. <laughs> also, my cat has heard some fantastic jokes. Um, I live alone. Um, <laughs> and I, I tweeted one. It was like, the day that my cat transforms back into human form as mm-hmm. a comedy agent is <laughs> it's over we for everyone. Are because yeah. <laughs> He has seen some fantastic material. Mm-hmm. The best. <laughs> In my element. Um, uh, yeah, so I kind of just kept doing it um, because I had to um, because otherwise, uh, the, you know, the jokes would die. Um, but it was very difficult and I did I did bail on a lot of gigs mm. back in the day. That was before I had gone to therapy, um, <laughs> before I – long, <laughs> long before I understood what executive dysfunction was. Um, and But I had um, massively supportive friends and family who would really encourage me um, and come to my gigs mm. and 
in in one um, instance, drive from uh, her house in South Perth to my house in Mullaloo, pick me up and drive me to my gig and maybe write my set in the car. <laughs> we love that. That was my friend Emily, um, uh, Valerie Savage, a London burlesque performer now. Um, and, yeah, people were just so aggressively supportive of me. Um, <laughs> Aggressive support, I love it. That I kind of had to. Basically, I, I was doing the open mics for um, just under a year, mm-hmm. I think, before I took a hiatus. Yeah. Um, because of a bad experience with a male comic. Oh, no, that's never happened. This happens. is so rare, yeah. Oh, my God. New story. Mm. Um, this was before I knew the word asexuality, um, but I had a joke um, about the fact that I'd never had sex. Mm-hmm. Um, it was <laughs> – the joke was about creating a, um, a to-do list of terrible circumstances um, <laughs> so that if something bad happens to me, I can at least feel productive. <laughs> I can at least get material and create the next show, yep. Um, And one of my examples of terrible things that might happen to me was, like, have sex. (laughs) Oh, my God. Like, happen to you. Yeah. Oh, um, no. I didn't know what asexuality was. I was like... It's awful thing. I didn't really understand my own aversion (laughs) to the concept. Um, But there was a joke in there, basically, that I had never had sex the comic that went on after me, um, a lawyer by trade. Oh, my God. Uh, um, I don't think I've ever thought about that aspect before. Um, he went on, grown man, um, opened with Nicola Macri. Yeah, I fucked her. Great. Yeah. To nothing uh, in the crowd. Obviously, everyone's like, I'm just so alone, weirdo. Um, my parents were in the audience. Mm. and But the main thing to me was that he hadn't listened. Mm. He hadn't listened to my set before he decided to bring me into his set. Yeah. And the disrespect of that was worse than the disrespect of being sexualized. Yeah. Um, like as a, you know, as a comedian. Um, he and then not even listening. And yeah. he doubled down on it later yeah. on in his set because his set wasn't going well, believe it or not. Um, and he's like, oh, recap, what have I said? What have I said? Yep, fuck Nicola Macri. Like he, he just brought it up again. Um, and then after that, the, like the, the owner of the, club um came up to me and was uh, apologized to me on behalf mm-hmm. of this man who never has um offered to hold his hands behind his back so that I could beat him up um which I did not do <laughs> I was like I was I, I really laughed it off on the night um I, as you do when yeah you're I was like no, no whatever like yeah it doesn't, doesn't really doesn't bother me um my dad went and gave him a talking to yay dad. <laughs> <laughs> um and I was a little bit shaken up and I'm still like feel shaken talking about it now mm. but um that didn't determine, like, the, the book was like, please come back. Like, please don't let this, like, t- put you off coming mm. back to this club. Um, and I was like, no, no, of course not. Like, I had another gig lined up. Um, so it wasn't necessarily the experience of that. It was the fact that then on Facebook I saw how much the rest of the community was supporting and um, condoning that kind of shit. <sighs> yeah. Specifically from that guy. And, like, being friends with him. Yeah. So it's not just the fact that he was there, but the fact that everybody else there who I thought, like, and even the people who I thought were in my support network mm. were, um, you know, allowing that in the yes. community. And, yeah. then, and supporting So that's it, what yeah. made me feel unsafe is the fact that everybody else was mm. on board mm-hmm. um, tacitly. Um, and that's when I was like, nah, this isn't for me. Like, mm. I have to, I have to um, figure out another way because stand-up isn't going to work. Um because I can't live in this environment. <laughs> totally. It's, it's not worth it. Um, and then I just didn't do comedy for five years. Millions of people have lost weight with personalised plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to health care, it pays to be extra. 
and United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. And in that time, I still had the same, like, <laughs> picking up the little breadcrumbs. Um, I saw that Louis C.K., again, at the time, a hero. <laughs> um, yep. He had taken a five-year break at the start of his career. Mm-hmm. Pretty sure it was him. Um, so that was something that I was like, okay, so it's, it's still possible that I can still get back. Mm. Um, I just don't know how or where. Um, and in that time, yeah, it was still panto, heavily into panto for, mm. as I've said, long, long before I... I should have long, long after I should have left um, and realising that all your friends are 17 going, mm, I should leave. Um, that was very much my my outlet, um, doing a lot of writing. Basically, I was like the head writer or the ghost head writer of like every Christmas show that we did mm. for like five years, um, which is a specific uh, type of show. Yeah, because yeah, it's, it's, it's for family. It, yeah. And, um, yeah. And um, then... Um, Veruca started <laughs> again. I've just been following Veruca around uh, <laughs> my whole life. Um, started having an interest in burlesque and starting to go to going to burlesque shows and um, taking burlesque classes and then being involved in fringe. Um, mm. And I followed them into that world and um, found it a much nicer world <laughs> than uh, the stand-up one. And for a couple of years I actually um, was on the photography team for Fringe um, and seeing as many shows as I could on the, the staff pass that they gave you at the time, <laughs> <laughs> um, which was lovely. Um, and I went to a Sophie Josky show, mm. which was directed by Anna Piper Scott. Amazing. Um, and... We were hanging out outside, like, chatting with the group of people that I come with, um, and and I marched right up to me and said, "Nicola Macri, why aren't you doing comedy anymore? <laughs> How can you get back into comedy? Joanna. What happened?" Um, absolutely, my, my my fairy godmother mm. uh, of comedy, and um, I, so I kind of told her the situation and I said, "I do want to get back into it. I've been talking with my therapist. I'm in therapy now." <laughs> <laughs> but, this is a big ad for therapy. Yeah, I do love should, that. Well, therapy's great. Um, uh, I don't want to go back into it. I don't want to go back into open mics. Yeah. Can I just put on a fringe show? Can I just put on a show? Where do I do that? And she's like, absolutely. Go to um, Lazy Susan's and contact Rowena. Get yourself, um, like, just book the book the stage for a night and put up a show um, and and you know, see what happens. That you, it's absolutely. Yeah. I think you do. Here's a list of comedians who are festival comedians rather than open mic circuit comedians. Mm. Um, and I was like, great. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, I was like raring to go. And also in that conversation, um, we had um, uh, <laughs> somebody who was uh, about to start a um, a variety show outside of fringe season with a fringe vibe. Um, ah. it, was called, it was called Flux for a, for a couple of uh, cool. connections. And so in that conversation, she was like, I'll, I'll, I'll put you on that show. That nice. can be, yeah. you can come back and have a 15 minute slot, um, doing comedy on this show. And you're going to be in that fringing environment mm. where everybody's supportive. It's queer. Um, <laughs> I think, did I know about asexuality by that time? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Yes. <laughs> um, so I had, I had my, my way back in, um, and that's what I did. I wrote, um. And an hour-long show called The Nicest Person in the Room, <laughs> which was um, something that somebody had said to me during one of my open mic sets back in the day. They said, when you're on stage, you're the nicest person in the room. And it was kind of a criticism of saying that, like, my set doesn't have any teeth to it. Right. Um, I think, but, like, it was just my stage persona is, is quite warm. Um, and so I did a, a show about the dichotomy of um, being nice and being smart. Uh. Um which was, you know, something uh, that was that was a a binary in my brain at the time. <laughs> um, my my Pisces versus my Capricorn. Ah, very that. Yeah. Uh, although I wasn't into astrology yet. <laughs> yes, therapy. Yes, asexuality. No astrology. Oh, uh, so all the all the the, uh, the pieces weren't all quite <laughs> together. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, so I did that. Sh- I did a show um, later on that year um, and just invited friends and family, packed out the 94 seats Hell with yeah. friends and family <laughs> paying $5 each um, and also invited um, some reviewers and some venue people to, mm. to say hi, can can this like lead into doing a fringe show that might work out? Um, and also the the set that I did at Flux um, was one of the best, one of the top three shows that I've ever done. Yeah, um, that that comeback show. Um, yeah, I did all my new, brand new at the time Ace material, <laughs> um, and and the room was so full of you know lovely queers um, that my set went for like. Twice as long as it should have because <laughs> they were just clapping Yay. so much, <laughs> and I knew I was like, "This isn't going. This isn't the norm. Um, mm. This, this, isn't this where is how you come back. We're going, but yeah, this. I think I've found my place mm. among this more kind of like variety um, industry mm. rather than um, just straight stand up. I mean, straight in many senses of the word. There. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's how I got. That's that's how I bridged from quitting to coming back. <laughs> um, I believe that you become the kind of artist that your ideas require of you. So yeah, I believe in, I'm honouring the idea that lights you up, mm-hmm. um, even if it's something that seems like is beyond your skill level or your experience level. Um, whatever makes you excited to mm. create, um, that's what you should do and figure out how to do. Um, so, for example, when I um, had the idea for the Hillary Duff Film Reenactment Festival, yes, which is not a stand-up show, um, but is most of my career at this point, <laughs> <laughs> and it's very funny. It is very funny. Um, it's very silly. Um, it's silly, goofy, mm, silly, goofy, but also yeah. very analytical. Uh, <laughs> that it is. <laughs> it is. It's it's an essay. Uh, it's four essays. Um, it's four different movies. But, yeah, I was I was um, booked to do a stand-up show mm. at Lazy Susan's for Fringe 2019. Uh, I had done my show You're Welcome in 2018 uh, there and then I was going to do Single Entendre. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, it was booked, it was ready and it wasn't announced yet. Um, and then I saw a gif uh, <laughs> of Bill Murray <laughs> in, I think it's called Stripes. He's in some military film and then somebody had added confetti to the gif and I was like, Cadet Kelly vibes. <laughs> and then I just kind of said, what if I just reenacted a bunch of Hilary Duff movies? Instead of writing this Instead of doing show. a stand-up <laughs> show. Yeah, because I was in the process of trying to write it um, in the beginning stages and figuring out what it was going to be about, this, this stand-up show. And then I was like, what if I completely pivoted and did, yeah, this like one-woman semi-improvised, audience interaction-y, so you mm. see the panto vibes coming through, um, just like nostalgic celebration and analysis of Hilary Duff movies. Yeah. And everybody who I mentioned that to was like, please, yeah, I will come to that That's with bells hope. on, yeah. please. So I contacted uh, Rowena at um, Lazy's and was like, hey, can I change my show entirely? And she called me and <laughs> uh, was like, um... Why? Do adults care about Hillary Duff? Yes. And I was like, Rowena, you're not looking at the same memes as I am. <laughs> Did you see this gift that Bill Murray is in? He was in yeah. it. That's what Bill Murray got to do with Hillary Duff. Nothing, but. And she was like, it's your funeral, basically. Do what you want. <laughs> and what I did was I sold out my opening night yes. of the Lizzie McGuire movie to complete strangers. Um, That's great. Yeah. Like, I don't know any of you. That's like the highest compliment yeah. ever. So I was like, it's too hard to write this one stand-up show. So what I'll write instead is three separate mm-hmm. um, <laughs> theatre shows. Says, yeah. yeah. Um, so also in the meantime, I had dropped out of UWA entirely, um, oh, good job. picked up some credits and um, ended up completing a degree at ECU Yay. Um, <laughs> in film. Cool. So I am qualified <laughs> to talk about Hilary Duff. <laughs> Um, I had my my film degree on stage with me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I took it around the country touring. Here's my film degree. The actual one. It's not Here a copy. It is. Yep. it is not uh, responsible for me to do this, but um, <laughs> you can't say I'm not using it. Because uh, <laughs> I took it, yeah. I'm using it as a prop. Because I check it in um, the vein. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so the, the show, if, if you don't know, I... I do different movies on different nights, which means that people come back mm. and I have repeat audience members um, who keep ticket purchases, which is lovely. Um, and I basically, I've got a stupid blonde wig on 
Um, there's lots of props and I kind of, I like do a little summary of like the movie and then reenact the movie, um, (laughs) in an abridged kind of way with some like, um, obviously asides and commentary and, um, so it is very much, you know, satire, uh, parody falls well within that, (laughs) that, um, copyright. (laughs) Yeah. And then because that was so successful, uh, I kind of just kept doing it. Uh, yeah. (laughs) Because people kept saying, oh, I couldn't make it. I couldn't make it to the third one. Can I come, uh, when are you doing it again so I can come back and see the other show? Um, and then I eventually added a fourth Mm. film as well, which was, um, Raise Your Voice. I was doing Lizzie McGuire movie, Cinderella Story, Cadet Kelly and, uh, Raise Your Voice. And there was that, um. And then eventually, so even more recently, you've actually finally, so basically, hang on. So the idea for Single Entendre dates mm. back to like at least 2018 yep. and has only come out in the last couple of years. Yep. So is it because basically you finally were like, I have to do this or it, um, what was that? Actually, um, so I did the Adelaide Fringe Festival in 2020 mm-hmm. um, with the Hilary Duff show um, and I'd done a couple of um, – stand-up spots in all-female lineups. Um, those are the shows that I put my hands up to do. Yes. Um, and somebody from that um, lineup contacted me later in the year um, because she was programming the Feast Festival, which is an ah, LGBT festival yeah. in Adelaide, and asked if I wanted to come over and do something because they needed to um, tick the box for the letter A. Ah, right. <laughs> and I was like, you are more than welcome to... <laughs> I will tickety-tick. <laughs> ...to be that, I uh, will be that tick. Um, and then so I was like, okay, this is, this is, the, this is the opportunity to mm. finally write single entendre because mm-hmm. somebody is asking me <laughs> to come over and, and be an A. Yeah. Um, and I have this, this idea in my back pocket, a bunch of ace jokes that I have been telling since 2017 mm-hmm. <laughs> um, that need a place. And, um, yeah, so basically um, finally drew the show together. Um, with a, a lot of new stuff, but also a lot of um, stuff that had been waiting in the vault. Mm. Um, <clears throat> and then I, I premiered that show, yeah, for the Feast Festival in uh, 2021. And then it just didn't exist in 2022. <laughs> <laughs> I just did Hillary Duff again. <laughs> yeah. Um, Perth. Um, and then, yes, d- d- uh, debuted Single Entendre in Perth. Uh, for Fringe this year and then took it to Adelaide for Adelaide Fringe and now I'm going to take it to Edinburgh. It's such a huge, incredible story of like weird side turns and side projects and imaginary lives and making it a reality <laughs> and then putting it in the bin and then bringing it back out of the bin. And yeah. it's so, that's so good and incredible. And it's um, thank you so much for sharing the details about like the gap Mm. I think it's really important. I think a lot of people see where people are like now and sort of assume that that's where they've been at confidence and ego wise forever. And that's just how it's always been. I really appreciate you like showing us that it's like, no, there's like a stop can sometimes be really, really important for people too. Before we wrap up, um, for people who are aspiring comedians, especially queer aspiring comedians, like what advice would you have for them? Stop for five years. Anyway, goodbye. <laughs> um, I would say um, figure out what it is that you want out of comedy mm-hmm. and pursue that part of it. Yeah. Uh, and let that make guide your decisions about what shows you do, what material you do, what audiences you stand in front of, um, what people you surround yourself with. Because um, there's, there's lots of, you know, th- possibilities of if you want to be – Famous and on TV, that's great. There's mm-hmm. certain things that you can do to um, to go in that path. Um, if you want to connect with the community, there's other things that you can do. Um, and I think, yeah, it's, it's easy to to get lost in the muck um, at the beginning. Um, but yeah, figure out what it is that you want and go go after that. Yeah, don't assume that anybody else's path is going to be the same as yours. Yeah. Yeah. There, there just there is not a um, a distinct path. Mm-hmm. I thought there was um, yeah. when I started out. I thought, yeah, you do open mics, then you build up to doing um, lineup shows, yeah. and then maybe I'm seeing the lineup shows, and then you move to Melbourne. <laughs> <laughs> 
basically, and then you get on the Melbourne shows and then you get on TV and then you get to do the Comedy Festival Gala at some point. Um, And then Will Anderson dies and and you get to host (laughs) everything. Yeah, the whole generation (laughs) of of comedians that have been on TV since I've known what comedy is and they're the same people now. Well, at a certain Um, point they must all perish at the same time and then we all just sort of shift into their places for the next 40 years. Like that path might have existed before. Mm -hmm. It might exist for people with a lot of privilege. Mm. Um, but it did it, it did not exist for me. And also people with a lot of drive, which yes. is also not me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you either need, I think, privilege to make the pursuit easy or drive to make the pursuit undeniable. Yes. <laughs> I love that. I'm not going to ask you any more questions. That is perfect. Actually, no, I'm, that's okay. Again, I'm a liar. So what are your social medias for all the peoples? Um, you can follow me at Nicola Macri on Instagram. Uh, not a lot of content on there, to be honest. Um, <laughs> People are bad at selling themselves. Yeah. Um, I have, I've started, I've started being more active on Twitter lately because I was like, hmm, now that this is a dying platform. I should start using it. <laughs> it's actually because, um, the, the Edinburgh like ticketing website has a little widget with your tweets in it. Oh, right. So, so you need to put yeah. something in the widget. Because it's just, it's like, it's like free space for more advertising for yourself oh, so on that page. Yeah. So, 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 so currently um, I, I am averaging 0.5 likes per tweet, um, but they're not bad. Um, Nicola <laughs> Nilole is, is my, is my Twitter handle. Um, I'm also Nicola Nilole on uh, TikTok. If you want to hear about Great. all the books that I've been reading. Fabulous. Well, I'm going to put all of those links in the show notes uh, so people can click on them because I can't spell Nilo Lay and nobody no, should, nobody it's should a, have it's to. it's a Russian name that I stole from an old man I saw. Oh. <laughs> well, if you'd like to hear about that, just go into the show notes to find Nilo Lay. Um, and as always, if you like this podcast, you can rate and review on whatever platform you're listening to this right now. I recommend that you do that. Um or you can send us a question to waxwazapod at gmail.com and we'll ask our next incredible guest. Thank you so much for joining me, Nicola. This has been a little fun goof em up time. <laughs> yeah, we had a little silly goof em ups. I hope I answered a single question. I'm not sure I did. Oh, we'll find out in post. <laughs> I definitely talked. Yeah. Bye. Bye. <laughs> WA Expose is an independent production. Our artwork was created by Georgia Sassenfeld and our theme music is Corrosive by Aria Scarlett and M. Burrows. You can find out more about the podcast or live shows at ariascarlett.com forward slash WA Expose. Qualified person. I wonder if it works now. <coughs> oh, see, now it's way bigger. Why? I changed something. Oh. I'm just going to do that. <laughs> okay. Shut Sorry, up. Henhouse. I treat your equipment really nicely. Um, all right. Let's give it a go. Yay. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale, starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.